0: Or you can find us at our website, MedoraChurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today.
1: Amen. John chapter 1. In verse number one it says in the beginning was the word everybody say the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made I gotta say that verse slowly that's a tongue twister verse in him was life And the life was the light, everybody say light, Light. of men. And the light, one more time, say it. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then please jump to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Some of us can just quote this right from the get in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw the light. God saw the light and That it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to preach on this topic, a spark in the dark. A spark in the dark. If you will put down your Bibles, but lift up your hands and your voices and just pray, God, whatever it is you have for us tonight, let it be done in thy name, Jesus. God, we just want to be your instruments tonight. Use us for whatever it is you have for us, God. Whatever, it, whatever plans you have for us, let it be done in thy name, Jesus. This isn't for man's glory. This isn't for man's will. But God, connect us with heaven tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I understand that last week was Easter, and we take special time out of our week to recognize The resurrection of Jesus Christ. We take time out of our year to specifically respect and honor the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is obviously due unto him. Yet, sometimes I believe we as the church use that season for its purpose, and then sometimes we just Go right on past it once the season has ended. But I've come to tell somebody tonight that the resurrection, though it is now well over 2,000 years later, still has. I understand last week was Resurrection Sunday. You might be saying, David, you're a week behind for a Resurrection Sunday message. But God has a word for us tonight. The verses I read to you both have so much in common in the beginning. In fact, these verses are some of the only verses that speaks of a time in which man has little knowledge of. And that's before we were around. In Genesis at this time, there was yet to be an Adam. There was yet to be an Eve. Man had not stepped onto the scene or to even walk on the earth. But your Bible opens up with the famous saying, in the beginning, when the Almighty decided that he wanted to get creative and decided he no longer wanted to be alone, he chose to start his creation process. God started with the heavens and the earth, the very ground you and I stand on. On, the ground you walked in today on, the ground that you drove to get here on, he created. And the very skies that we look to, the skies that were gloomy today, were sunshiny last week, they might be sunshiny tomorrow, whatever it is, it's Indiana, but God created them. All right. After God made the earth and the skies, the second verse in the Genesis of creation, we see something important. And the earth was without form. And it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. God has finally decided to start creation. And then God notices something. He has decided he no longer wants to be alone. He is starting his creation journey. And before he gets to the third verse, he notices something important. In the darkness... Of his own creation, he noticed that the earth he created was void. It was dark. It had no shape. It had no form. It was messy. It wasn't neat. It was a wreck. It was in darkness. And God noticed something here, so he acted upon it. It said God's spirit moved because he did not want the earth to be in darkness. And then we get one of the well-known statements in the creation process. We see it numerous times in Genesis 1 and 4. And God saw the light and he said that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. The very first thing God said was good. It was when God created the light to fix what would have been hidden in darkness. You see, if God had not created the light, his creation process would have been hidden. It would have been in darkness, it would have been messy, and it would have been void. And he didn't like that. So he created light for a purpose. He said it was good. It wasn't whenever he created the animals. It wasn't whenever he created the the fish of the sea or the fowl of the air. It wasn't when he created heaven and the earth that he called something good. It was when he created light that he said it was good. The first thing God called good wasn't even man himself in which God created in his own image. It was the light when he created it. He said it was good. Why was that? It's because light can expose some things that the darkness would want you to stay hidden. You see, darkness would seek to keep you hidden, to say that you are messy, that you shouldn't be what you are. It wants you to say that you are not neat. and God God said that is not good. That is why he created the light so he could say, I've got something that is without form right now, but if I shed some light on the situation, I have more in the creation process for you. Darkness wanted the earth to be without form and to be empty and cold, but my God had other plans for it. There is a reason why when John is writing his gospel that it sounds so familiar to us and it would have been so familiar to the Jews. That's why when John opens up in John chapter one and verse one, it connects to when Moses wrote in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. A few hundred years later, John would write in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God there is a correlation here John is saying what happened years and years ago is still happening today come on both statements sound alike because the same type of process is taking place creation is happening because in Genesis God was creating a kingdom and in John he's creating a church from Genesis all the way until we get to the New Testament. When we see how God established his authority in the earth, you know, he created man and he put the animals in the earth. He put all the firmament, he separated the atmosphere. He put the waters there. He put land there. He was establishing his authority within the earth. But when the New Testament has begun, God brought his authority to the earth through Jesus Christ. From the chapters of John chapter 1 all the way to John 19, we get the life of Jesus. John is just a book about Jesus, okay? John uses the very thing to describe Jesus, God, in the flesh. In fact, John would say in John 1 and 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Somebody tell your neighbor there's more to that word. When the Bible speaks of darkness in the Old Testament, when he was talking about creation with the earth, that darkness was what it literally means. It was just dark. There was no light in it. Before the creation of light, there was nothing but darkness. But when John speaks of darkness, especially here in the first chapter, he is not talking about dark in nature. He is not talking about not being able to see. He's talking about a darkness in your mind. He's talking about not having a knowledge of Jesus Christ. He's talking about not having a revelation of Jesus But then John makes a statement that is very important in John chapter 1 and verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And get this next verse in verse number 8. He was not that light. John said he wasn't the light. I'm not the light but I was sent to bear witness of that light. It wasn't quite enough when Jesus said in John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He said, I am the way. He alone can show me the path to salvation. When he said, I am the truth, only Jesus shows us the truth. Muhammad could not show me the truth. Buddha could not show me the truth. Every false doctrine could not show me the truth only Jesus could show me the truth and he said I am the life only by me can you have eternal life one author would write it this way without the way there is no going without the truth there is no knowing and without the life there is no living That wasn't enough. He said, I may be the way, I may be the truth and the life, but unto man I am the light of life. He is the light and he is the light where no darkness can be in him. In fact, it says in John chapter 1 and verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it. In John chapter 1 and verse 5, can you keep that up for a minute? This really struck out to me, and we're going to come back to it in a moment. That word comprehend there, you only find it in the King James. In every other translation, the word is not comprehend that's used. It's actually overcome. Everybody say overcome. So those two words are going to be important in just a minute. We'll get back to that, but just bear with me. John then continues in his epistle describing the life and ministry of Jesus. John was a follower of Christ. He was a friend of Christ. He was a disciple. He knew him well. You know, in fact, I kind of like John a lot because he called himself John the Beloved. You know, nowhere in Scripture does it say that Jesus ever called him that. He just said, you know what? I'm writing the book. I might as well put it down i know i'm loved i just kind of like that in all 21 chapters of the book of john we see another common thread and that is the battle between darkness and the light but every verse that references the two have the very same message john 3 and 19 says that there is darkness in the world and that man hates the light in the very next verse in 3 and 20, he says that those who do evil hate the light, which in turn means that they hate the life of Christ. Jesus declares declares a powerful statement in John 9 and 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am around, the light will be around. I don't know about you, but if I just read that verse, that would have been enough because God was around before creation and he'll be here long after creation. As long as God is around, the light's going to be around. It doesn't matter what darkness surrounds you. You. it doesn't matter what temptation surrounds you what enemy surrounds you if God's around then the light is around so I have no worry because back over 2,000 years ago when this was being written when the book was being written the light was there and in 2023 the light's still here and God be with us in a hundred thousand years from now the light's still gonna be around And Jesus even said, I am the light of the world, and he who believes in me will not abide in the darkness. The whole book is leading up to this pinnacle, the final battle of light and darkness. It all led up to a moment, and if you will open up your Bibles to John 19 and 15. Now we're getting to some Resurrection Sunday kind of stuff. But they cried out, this is the Jews declaring to Jesus, away with him, away with him, crucify him. And the Roman Pilate saith unto them, shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. This was the movement and the moment that the enemy had been searching for for over 30 years. For over 30 years, from the moment that there was a baby in a manger in Bethlehem, he planned for this day. He sought for this day. He tried in the wilderness when Jesus was fasting, and it didn't work. He tried to deny him. He tried everything he could. Satan planned for the day that the Jews would call for the death of their Savior. All of this planning and all of this preparation led up to the most impactful moment and event in all of human history. Because after all of this, after the beating and the bruising, after the yelling and the cursing and the cussing and the blood and the stains and the scars and the bruisings and the whips and the crown of thorns and the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet and the spear in his side. After all of this, all of this preparation that Satan has put into this, all of this, and now he's hanging from a cross, Jesus died. This wasn't one of those stories where the hero miraculously escapes death. Jesus died. Jesus died. In the book of Matthew, it is written in Matthew 27 and 45 now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the land. Mark describes it also in 15 and 33 and when the sixth hour had come there was darkness over The whole land, and even the doctor in Luke writes it in Luke twenty-three and verse forty-four and forty-five. And there was about the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the earth, and the sun was darkened. What I find so interesting, I know we've been in the book of John. I know, I know we've been kind of going through all of the John. John is the only gospel that does not talk about the darkness. When Jesus died. There is no mention. Of right after the death of Jesus. That there was darkness. All of the other gospels did. John was the only one that didn't. To the world. They were surrounded by darkness. Because when the life of Jesus was taken from the earth, the light was taken from the earth as well. Without the life of Christ, the light is gone now too. And now the entire world is in darkness. The whole world sits and waits in darkness. Now we're not in a non-denominational church. I'm just trying to get a point across. Thank you, Bishop. And oh, if you could hear what was going on in hell when Jesus died. If you could hear the praise that was going on in hell And the party that was going on in hell. I bet the halls of hell were all kinds of in a scurry. I bet the the cheering out of hell was deafening when they saw that he was dead. There was some kind of rejoicing in hell when the light was stripped from the earth. And if you'll just hold on for a moment, we're getting somewhere. We're going to get there. John finalizes the 19th chapter with the laying down of the body of Jesus Christ in the tomb. And for three days, nothing. Nothing. Not a peep, not a word. And now we open to the 20th chapter. In John chapter 20 and verse 1. And the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, early, went in and it was yet dark. She went to the sepulchre, and seeth the stone was taken away from the sepulchre. Mary Magdalene was in the dark. Everybody say dark. dark. Mary shows up in the dark. Mary went to the tomb in the dark all alone. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this is my Gilbring. I have a question. Where in the world were all those disciples? Where were the men that served Jesus for three years? Where were the men that witnessed miracle signs and wonders? Where were the men that said they would follow Jesus till the end of the life? Where was Peter who walked on the water with Jesus? Where was John in whom he wrote that he was the beloved of Jesus? Where were the friends of Jesus? Nowhere. In fact, the Bible says they were hiding. They were scared. But Mary went in the darkness. Now know this. Hell's still rejoicing. Hell is still partying it up at the moment. They still got great plans. The enemy knows that he has the victory, right? I finally won. I've got Jesus. He's dead. Now all darkness could be upon all the earth, just like it is in this room. Yet in the darkness comes Mary, you know Mary, Mary Magdalene, you know she was the one who was the friend of Jesus, but she's also the one in whom Jesus casted seven demons out of, she's also the one that witnessed miracle signs and wonders, but she was also the one that the people hated, she was known as the castaway. She was known as the one that the people didn't want anything to do with. She was the one people wanted to kill and wanted to just throw her away. The one everyone thought wouldn't amount to much. It was that Mary. It was that Mary that people said, she is not the same. She is evil. Get away with her. She's got these demons. No, this was the Mary that said, I have been touched by Jesus. And even though I might be in darkness now, he has been my savior. I'll still go to temple. I still got to see Jesus you know what it came down to is that Mary had a history with Jesus he touched my body so I'm going to honor him he saved my life so I'm going to honor him he is my rabbi I knew him as my savior so even in death I will honor him The Bible doesn't tell us why she was the one who came. That's just my opinion. I think it's because Jesus changed her life. Jesus changed her story. Jesus changed who she was. I wonder if there's anyone here tonight that has something in common with Mary that says, I was in darkness. I was a castaway. I was thrown away. People didn't want anything to do with me, but because of a man named Jesus, my story is different. My life is different. I'm not who I once was. I was brought out of it. I was brought out of the clay. I was brought out... Come on, somebody, has Jesus changed your life? Has Jesus changed who you are? Oh, I would to God that there be some Marys in the room that says, even though it looks bad now, even though it may look bad in his death, he touched my life, that's why I'm here. My past told me I had no reason to try anymore. My past would tell me that I shouldn't be here, that I should have given up a long time ago. But when Jesus came into my life, he changed everything. Why was it that Mary came to that tomb? It's because she still honored the one who changed his life. Changed her life. So Mary walks to the tomb. It doesn't matter that she believes he's still dead. She, he changed her life. So she went anyway. Amen. Right. So Mary walks upon the tomb still in darkness. And she sees the stone to so the tomb has been rolled away. Uh-huh. If it were you and me. And we've seen that stone rolled away with what we know now. Could you imagine the praise that had been going on at a graveyard? Could you imagine the worship that had been going on at a gravesite that said, (laughs) he changed my life and I walk up to it and I see the stone was rolled away. But let me tell you, there's something powerful about the darkness. The darkness has the ability to make you think differently than what you ought to. You see, we would have been worshiping. We would have been rejoicing. We would have been excited to see the prophecy come to pass. But Mary didn't see it that way. When Mary saw the door was open, she should have danced and rejoiced. But instead, she cried and ran to Peter and John and said, Guys, somebody's soul in his body. Somebody has taken my Messiah. The darkness has a way of twisting our minds. What should have been a moment of rejoicing was a moment of worry and fear because the body was gone. Darkness. Something powerful. The darkness will make you think that Jesus is still dead. The door was open, Mary. Why are you still thinking he's dead? Your mind went to that. His body was stolen but darkness can change the way you think. Darkness wants you to think that your past still dictates your future. The darkness wants you to think that his body was stolen, that you may not be loved by anyone. Darkness would tell you that you have no place here at MPC right now. It can kind of feel like you're surrounded by the darkness. Darkness would tell you that you won't get over this generational curse on your family. Darkness will tell you you can't get over addiction. Darkness will tell you you'll be back by fear forever. Darkness will tell you you'll worry forever. Darkness will tell you that no one loves you, that you shouldn't be here. Darkness will give you suicidal thoughts. Darkness will tell you that Jesus is still dead. Darkness will tell you that his body's been stolen. So Mary runs and gets Peter and John and they're standing at the tomb now. All three of them are standing there looking into the darkness and they don't see his body. Peter, come on, man. John, come on. He told you what would happen, and still you see the darkness and don't think anything of it. You just go home. Look, read it in your Bibles. John says it. They just turned around. They saw the linen. They saw his grave clothes, but instead of rejoicing, they went home because of the darkness. Oh, but I wish <laughs> there was someone who decided that, there, that she wasn't going to go anywhere. There was a Mary who said, you know what? I came here for a reason and I'm not going home. There was a Mary Magdalene that made up in her mind, there may be darkness all around me. His body may be gone. But I'll tell you what, church. God never gave up on me, so I'm not going to give up on him. Just because his body is not here doesn't mean I'm leaving where I knew where he was. He has blessed me too many times. He's touched my body too many times. God has never given up on me. So why do I think I have the audacity to walk away from God? Why are you saying this, preacher, the light of the world may have been gone. The life of Jesus may have been ripped away from the earth, but there was someone willing to shine in the darkness at the tomb of Jesus Christ. There was someone, as Mary sat staring into an empty tomb. She had a conversation with two angels. Mary sat staring into an empty tomb. And the Bible tells us that she was visited by two angels. And there they asked her why she was crying. And she said, don't you understand? They have stolen his body. This takes my mind back to what Sister Gill was talking about at Easter Sunday. They were trying to give honor to the rabbi that they could not honor. His body was immediately taken from the cross and placed in a tomb. They could not honor him. Mary went to honor him. She was doing her due diligence to the man who saved her life, but she couldn't. So now she sits in the tomb And they asked her, why are you crying, Mary? And she said, don't you understand? They have taken his body as I sit in this darkness. Never mind, Mary, that you're talking to two angels right now. Never mind that they're sitting in the empty tomb of Jesus. Somebody, I feel my help about to come. But because the darkness has clouded your mind, you think the wrong thing. And then something happens because after her conversation with the angels, she turns around and sees the resurrection standing in front of her. And he said she thought he was the groundskeeper. I can't, I ain't making this up. Come on, read your Bible. She turned around from a conversation with the angels to see the resurrected Lord. Still, she doesn't get it. It's that darkness that can cloud your mind. It's the darkness that we sit in right now. But it says in John 20, And verse 15, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Gardener, please just tell me where the body of my Messiah is, and I can put him to rest. But the next verse, Jesus saith unto her, he just had to say one word. He said, Mary. He called her out by name. And she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni. Just the same master. I wonder if there's somebody that can relate to Mary that said, He called my name and my idea had changed. Come on, somebody, has He called your name out? Has He called your name? Because woo, this is when the situation changes and we get to the point what God wants us to tonight. Mary sat in darkness, but only one thing changed it all. Can you guys break your glow sticks? I'm sorry, I bought the cheap ones, so they're not really that great. But we're gonna get the idea. It wasn't until Mary got a revelation of who Jesus is, and it changed everything. Mary wasn't sitting in the dark anymore. She was just now a light bearer. You and I weren't made to sit in this darkness forever. We may have been born into sin. We may have been born into darkness, but darkness is not your destiny. Mary may have had seven demons in her. Mary may have been the outcast. Mary Magdalene may have been hated. But because of a man named Jesus, it was once she got the revelation of Jesus that the light went off. And once you get the revelation of Jesus, everything changes. So when Moses pins the phrase in Genesis, God said, let there be light. It had a direct connection to the pen of John when he said in John 8 and 12, I am the light of the world and he that follow me shall not walk in darkness come on somebody you are not in the darkness you are not a creature of the darkness sin may keep you bound sin might try to cloud your mind but we're not of it anymore once i get a revelation of who jesus is it changes every I would to God right now that somebody stand to their feet, clap your hands, lift up your voices, whatever it is. You're not a child of the dark anymore. If he's brought you out, worship him. If he's brought you out, glorify him. If you've got a testimony, worship him. Come on, let's just take 10 seconds and lift up the voice. Lift up a shout right now. You see, and back in John chapter 1 and verse 5, when I told you we were going to get back to that word, that word says comprehend. In every other translation, it says overcome. That the uh, the, the darkness cannot comprehend the light, and the darkness cannot overcome the light. And I'm thinking, what in the world does that all mean? Why is there two different words? Because those two words have two different meanings, I would think. But I can be dumb sometimes. That's why I study. That's why I study the Bible, because I don't want to be dumb. And so... When I was looking, the Greek word John uses is the same in both translations. So why is the word different from comprehend to overcome? It's because John was meaning the same thing in two different ways. It's a little bit of Greek right here. The word he uses, I liken to the word grasp. Everybody say grasp. grasp. Whoo. The light cannot get a hold or the darkness cannot get a hold of the lights and the darkness cannot have the victory over the lights It cannot understand it. You see, all of these years, I've wondered when Satan was there, when Isaiah was writing the prophecies, and he saw him come to pass in the life of Jesus, why didn't he just try to stop everything? Why didn't he say, no, we want Jesus to live, because if he dies, then we all get victory. So why not just let him live? But Satan, he cannot comprehend the light. He doesn't get an idea of it. So whenever Jesus was sitting on the cross, he thought he had the victory. He thought he overcome. But Jesus is sitting on the cross and said this was the plan all along satan when you come on somebody his name was lucifer in the heavens that means light bearer the reason satan hates you is because he lost that title and he lost that name but guess who got it yeah. Guess who got it? Guess who got the name of light bearer? John said, I am not the light. I'm just here to bear witness to the light. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that says, I know I don't have it, but I'm just shining. I'm just shining. Come on, somebody just shine tonight. Somebody shine the light of Jesus that says he changed my life. Amen. You may be seated. Light and darkness Two different things But the power That came You see Jesus Had a power unlike anybody else When Jesus Called out her name In the midst of the garden He said Mary and that was it. That's all he needed to say. And she knew exactly. She heard that voice before. She had heard it. Are you thankful for the voice of God tonight? Amen. And back to what I was talking about whenever Satan cannot comprehend it, the light, and Satan cannot overcome the light. Jesus had a power. You see, Mary was sitting there. She was dead. She was in darkness. She was worried, and she was cast away and everything. In the midst of when she's sitting in the tomb, she's sitting in darkness, and she feels dead to the world. But there was also another story that Jesus had. You see, the last time Jesus was in a grave, somebody else walked out of the grave. Jesus might be in the tomb now, but the last time he was in a tomb... Somebody walked out of it. That's right. And only four words were mentioned when Jesus was in the gravesite. And it was, or three words, sorry. Lazarus, come forth. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. yeah. And the voice of God stretched out of the natural into death and grabbed Lazarus You see, if Jesus had not said the name of Lazarus, everybody in that gravesite would have got up. But Jesus was trying to demonstrate something. You see, his sister said, Jesus, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. If you would have been here just four days ago, he wouldn't have died, but yet he stinketh. You can't do it. And Jesus said, hold up woman, Lazarus, come forth. And he got out. So if I was Satan, and if I had any idea of what I was doing, I would have realize the last time Jesus was in a grave somebody got out and if he had the power to raise somebody else out of the grave don't you think he's got the power three days later to step out of his own grave and say I know I died three days ago I know I was on a cross but Satan you never had the victory you may have been rejoicing like you had it you may have been acting like you had it but in the beginning of time it was written all along that I would stand on this cross that I would Die, and that I would come out of the grave three days later, just so you and I can stand here and be light bearers. I ask if there's any light bearers in the room tonight that says I'm going to shine in Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about those who are with you, while washy in their faith. God doesn't want dim-witted. He doesn't want dim-lidded Christians. He wants lights bearers. He doesn't need you to be on fire for him one day and back to your old ways the next. I'm talking to somebody who feels like they're going back to their old selves. Mary was in darkness before Jesus cast the demons out of her, and now she stands in darkness wondering what all's going to happen. Some of you have been going back to your old ways, but God is saying, let your light shine. Let your light, come on, baby, let your light shine. Let it be in all darkness. We may be in darkness, but darkness Darkness is not in us. Come on, I want somebody that stands to their feet right now. Don't worry, I'm closing. It's somebody standing to their feet and say, "I will be a light bearer tonight. I am gonna shine when no one else says I can. I am gonna be different. I am gonna be set apart." Come on, He's looking for a city on a hill. He's looking for a people who are divided tonight. Lift your voices right now. He's looking for a Mary willing to step out and see for herself. He's looking for someone who's willing to be a spark in the dark if you're willing to be that tonight. Why don't you come to these altars? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I you. Some of us are dead men and women walking in clothes. You cannot get the light of Jesus until you get a revelation of Jesus. It wasn't until Mary heard Jesus speak that she got the revelation. So I ask you, when was the last time God spoke to you? When was the last time you heard his voice? Every eye closed and every hand lifted right now. Maybe you feel distant. Maybe you feel like dead men walking right now. Some of you aren't where you ought to be. Some of you are not where you're supposed to be in Christ. He's got an appointment for you, and it's to be a light bearer. But some of your lights have gone dim, some of your lights are not shining like they used to. Get close to God. Get closer to Him right now. Get close to Him hear him speak hear the word of the master it's time for you to get closer to the light you were not made to be in darkness it was only when light came that he said it was good so step into the light tonight come on i pray that somebody be like paul says i was on the road to damascus and he changed my life forever. Has anybody got a testimony? Come on, just thank him. If he's changed your life, begin to praise him. If he's changed it before, he can do it again. Come on and lift up your voices right now. Take some time and get closer to God. Take some time and get close to him. Lift up your voices right now. Amen.
0: our ministry.